I'm so tired. There's not enough hours in the day. Bullshit excuses. I've got too much to do. I have to work late. I have to run the kids around. The bullshit excuses. I have to get up early tomorrow. They end now. This is fitness for nine to fivers. You work day-to-day jobs. In fact, you may even have two, and you've been trying to fit in a healthy lifestyle. We have the solution. This is fitness for nine to fivers. And this is Andrew Marsham. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fitness for Nine to Fivers podcast with myself, Andrew Marsham. Today we are going to be running through um, the topic that was selected from today's Facebook group, and that was how to eat your favorite foods and still lose body fat. For those who haven't done so, please go to the, the link in the description, grab your free strategy call if you haven't done so. That's where I'm going to help you game plan the next six months completely free, um, tell you how to eat, how to train, all of that stuff. So if you fancy a free one of those, by all means, click the link in the bio and take it from there. Um, but let's get into today's topic without further ado. We are going to be covering, as I said, um, how to eat your favorite foods and still lose fat, and then touch in the, the client journey, which I have no idea which holds tonight, <laughs> but there may be some, some link to that in the description. So, how to eat your favorite foods and still lose fat? Well, the, 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 the way to look at this is no food in the, the face of the planet's fat. Like, it does not make any difference um, whether a food has a certain amount of calories in it in terms of overall fat loss if you're factoring things in. So, I, I, I put that across very, very poorly there, so ignore that last 15 seconds, pretend I never said that. <laughs> um, but no food will make you fat the same as no food will make you lose weight. It all comes down to energy balance. It all comes down to energy in versus energy out. So if you are someone who enjoys chocolate, if you're someone who enjoys a beer, if you're someone who enjoys cheesecake, it doesn't fucking matter, insert calorie-dense food here that you've been told is bad. There is room for it in your diet. You just need to know how to maneuver it and put it in. That is the best, most effective way to go about it. You should not be going into a diet with the mindset of you're cutting out X, Y, Z. You're never having this. You're never having that. You're not doing this. That's bullshit, especially if it's food you actually enjoy. The goal is to include foods that you enjoy in moderate enough amounts that it's not going to cause you know you to be to, to get too far off track or to become or to put yourself into a calorie surplus. The problem becomes when you have that favorite food at every fucking meal. That's when the problem comes. If you're having a curry <laughs> and washing it down with a Mars bar every fucking day, then that's going to be a problem. So you have to strike a balance with it. But there is no food on the face of this planet that is defined as fattery. There is only too much of it. So, and I always use this as the context and the frame for it. Andrew, I've heard chocolate's fattening. 
Andrew, t- tell me what food isn't fucking fattening. I've heard fruits fattening from some people. So <laughs> you've heard it all now. I mean, insert any food you like. There is a news article or a headline somewhere saying it's fattening. Let's put it into context here. As always, context is king. If all you had that week was one bit of that food, let's say it's a Big Mac. Andrew's a Big Mac fattening. I don't know. What are you doing the rest of the day? What are you doing the rest of the week? That's more important than what you're doing at a certain meal. So let's look at the big picture. If all you had, if you were stuck in a fucking desert island and a Big Mac washed up on the shore somehow, would that be fattening? I can assure you it certainly would not. If you were having nothing else to eat that week, that would certainly not be fattening. Now, if you're having one a day, and that's pushing you into a calorie surplus to where you're having three, four, maybe even 5,000 calories a day, and you're not doing much exercise, then yes, in that sense of the word, it's fattening. But it wasn't the Big Mac itself that pushed you into the, the fattening stage. The fattening stage of a calorie only comes when you're consuming too much energy. Well, how do I know how to, how do I know if I'm in a calorie surplus then, Andrew? How do I know when a food becomes fattening? Are you gaining weight? Simple. <laughs> That's that. The energy balance, right? End of call, boys. Hope you've all had a good night. Enjoy this podcast. And I'll see you next week. <laughs> if it was only that simple. No. In reality, though, if you can learn to understand and control calories, you can include foods. Like if you enjoy a Big Mac and you want one a couple of times a week even, if you factor that into your macronutrient totals, I'm not saying it's the healthiest, best option. And I probably wouldn't advise having it multiple times a week. I really wouldn't. But is it going to impact your fat loss if you control calories? If you're tracking macronutrients or if you're following a plan and you're making a like-for-like swap or a like-for-like calorie swap, then it's not going to impact your progress. It just isn't. Is it less micronutrient-dense than some grass-fed beef, you know, a nice salad with maybe some baked potatoes in the side for your carbs? Yes, it probably is. But is it the end of the world? No. So if you're caught off guard, and if you fancy treating yourself, or if you fancy having something that quote-unquote is is off plan, maybe it's some squares of chocolate. (laughs) Some squares. See that, guys? They're like... The, I mean, uh, the, my mum's one of these psychopaths that can open a, a, dairy, a dairy milk the size of your head uh, and take two squares with it <laughs> and put it back in the cupboard. I there's something wrong with it. Something wrong with it. I, I mean, I don't know who, where, where these people get these habits from, but um, as soon as as soon as that dairy milk gets opened, in my case, it's getting fucking tanned. <laughs> End of story. That's that. <laughs> there's, there's no leftovers. Um, so if you fancy a couple of squares of dairy milk or a Big Mac, or whatever. Like, if you can factor it into your calories during the week, or if it's a Monday, if it's a Tuesday, if you're out and about on a Wednesday or something, doing some Christmas shopping in the next few weeks, whatever. If you factor something like that in and you account for it, then it's not going to impede progress. Now, what we do with our clients, and and obviously the guys in the call know this, we include an off-plan meal on a Saturday night, something that we say, go and enjoy what you want, go and have what you want. Listen, you should be building in some form of enjoyment into what you're doing. There should be enjoyment in the process. If all you're doing is jamming foods down your neck that 
you're not enjoying, you're force feeding yourself, it's bland, it's boring, what happens? You just end up falling. You just end up falling away, falling off the diet. So including your favorite foods should be a mandatory requirement to any nutrition plan. Now that's going to be different for everyone and the regularity, the amount and the frequency at which you include them is what's going to separate your results from good from bad. So if it's something that's very calorie dense, like ice cream, chocolate, Big Mac, whatever, Limit it once or twice a week. Like trying, if you can't have some discipline around the food choices you're making, you're just not going to get the results. End of story. I could dance around it and say you could include everything. You can include it every single day if you want. You can do this, but we all know where that leads. When you get, when you eat, for example, let's say a Reese's piece or something like that, or Krispy Kreme donut, whatever. What happens after that? It triggers you. You get set off. You're let. You're more likely to cheat. So the more to, the more likely to go off plan. I don't like the word cheat. You're more likely to make some poorer choices. Let's say because that process has been started. You've got the sweet tooth. You want more. That's just how it goes. That's human nature to crave those things. So don't feel like um, you're some sort of you know <laughs> whatever. No, you don't feel like you're a failure because after eating a Krispy Kreme donut, you crave another one because that's just human nature <laughs> as it goes. Um, but the, the, the less times you and the less frequency you expose yourself to those foods, the more chance you have a success. I like the model of being disciplined during the week and then having something in the weekends and a, and a Friday or a Saturday night, whatever suits me. And do you know what? See, if I want to have something else on a Wednesday, I'll probably have it. Like, and I'll factor it into my calories and my macronutrients for the day, for that day or the next day. If you want to, if you're going out for a midweek meal, it's a birthday, it's an event, fine, go and have it, have what you mean. You don't need to, to order the salad in front of your family to, I'm, I'm, I'm on track, I'm looking, I'm, I'm doing well here. Yeah, listen, have the burger if you want the burger and then just make some, make some adjustments the next day. Um, so always think about the big picture. Things don't happen in a vacuum. Days do not happen in a vacuum. If you want to include some off-plan, you know, foods or your favourite foods in a certain day or, or a, a certain event or whatever, no problem. Make some adjustments maybe the day before and make some adjustments maybe the day after and the day of, of course, as well. So think, always think outside the big picture and I highly encourage you to actually build your favourite foods into your plan because if you can stick to a plan, that's what gets results. Your, the, your, your ability to get results is only dictated by your ability to actually stick to a plan. If the plan itself is flawed and you can't stick to it, nothing. you're never going to get anywhere. You're just going to go in this vicious cycle of yo-yo dieting over and over and over and over again. And that's why so many people um, get stuck losing and gaining the same 10 to 15 pounds or kilos or whatever metric you want to choose because they go on a diet restrict 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 get fed up back to square one fuck it i'm not i'm not doing this anymore instead of taking it from the lens that the day you go on a diet the day you start changing your lifestyle should be the day that you start doing it for the rest of your life if you go into an, a, a nutrition program or an approach with anything other than the mindset of I'm going to do this for the rest of my life, you're completely wasting your time. Completely and utterly wasting your time. Yes, you might be working towards a holiday or an event or whatever, but what happens after it? There's going to be more. 
Like, there's going to be more events, there's going to be more holidays, so you might as well learn to control and, uh, the amount of food you're consuming, the types of food you're consuming, in a manner you enjoy that allows you to feel good the rest of your life. Why would you not do that? Like, there is ways you can do it. The, 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 the days of thinking that you need to do it by consuming chicken, rice, broccoli, and, and white fish should hopefully be gone. I know they're not, but um, hopefully we're pushing towards getting rid of them. So, include your favourite foods from time to time, in moderation, control your calories, you will be good to go. That is the key fundamentals to staying on track. It is not going to be um, never including food you enjoy or completely stripping yourself of any enjoyment when it comes to, to dieting. I would much rather have a Mars bar or a a bit of ice cream, Ben and Jerry's once a week and a couple of times per week um, and openly admit that and, and say that, that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Then Mark's about saying I'm the most disciplined guy in the world, world and all I eat is white chicken and green broccoli. That's all I ever eat by the bucket load. Um, I would far rather be, live a, a decent quality life enjoying foods that I do like. Um, thank you very much. Um, so that's the approach that I would certainly take and how you can include foods um that you enjoy and still lose fat all all always comes down to calorie balance so that is the key um if anyone's got any questions on that by all means jump in um but i am going to dive straight into the q a now um we do have the questions ready to go um but if anyone has got anything they'd like to ask please by all means um jump in so james is there a latest time to eat your last snack in the evening? No, there is not. Fit it in whenever suits. Again, that comes down to calorie balance. So if you have the, the snack at, say, 8 p.m. versus 9 p.m., that's not going to make any difference. The only consideration that I would say around that is, is don't have it so close to bed that it causes discomfort when you're trying to sleep. Like if you have a large meal or maybe you eat quite something heavy, I know it's only an evening snack, but sometimes even that can cause a bit of discomfort digestion-wise if you're trying to lie down and you're trying to relax. But carbs in the evening can be beneficial. Eating some carbs can really help you wind down and relax. So having your evening snack maybe an hour before bed, perfect timing. But have it at a time that suits you. Again, looking at things from a 24-hour perspective, far more way far uh, far better way to look at it than stressing out about the, the the timings of certain things there was a post by someone who i followed and he had kind of um alluded to it in the right way so i kind of explained it quite well if you were depositing money in the bank would it matter if you put it in at 7 p.m or 8 p.m would make no difference <laughs> unless the bill was had to get paid at half seven. But think about it more in terms of days and 24-hour periods, 24-hour windows and what you're doing for that day as opposed to breaking down them into, you know, certain hour timeframes or timestamps. Now, let's say, for example, you didn't, you forgot to have your evening snack or you even prefer it having a lunchtime, that's fine. Like, just suit, suit it yourself, but what we generally do is split it up evenly throughout the day so you're having something reasonably frequently and you're not getting too hungry throughout the day. That's the goal of what we're trying to do there. Make sense, James? Not a problem, not a problem. Um, let me see, let me see. Any other questions? Pavel, 
Protein shake before stroke after workout. If it's not a meal plan, yes or no. BCAA, worth to add or not. Protein shake before or after workout. If it's not a meal plan, wouldn't say so. Um, it's unnecessary. When do you train, Pavel? When do you train? Yeah. Oh my. Right, and what do you typically have in the morning before the gym? Yeah, what? And, and do you feel good doing that? Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Okay. So what, what I would maybe suggest is if you wanted to move one of the shakes in the plan to the morning, that would that would maybe provide some benefit. But it depends on the person. If you prefer training in an empty stomach, if you feel good doing it, then by all means, carry on. It's not going to impact or impede progress too much either way. It's It, it, it would be a case of simply, do you feel better doing it? That, 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 that's what I would put it down to. If you feel better having the shake, put the shake in before. Let's move it from somewhere else. And then what you would essentially do is spread the rest of the meals out slightly further um, to bridge the gaps more evenly throughout the day, the rest of the day, if that makes sense. Yeah. So in terms of protein shake before and after, those are... There's, we've obviously all probably heard of the, the, the anabolic window after your workout, but the, the, the truth behind it is it's an anabolic barn door. Like the, it takes around, you, you have a, a two to three hour period after your workout to get, to, to get the benefits of that anabolic window. So as long as you're getting a meal, a reasonable meal within a couple of hours after working out, you're perfectly fine. If you want to have something before it, um, by all means, if you feel better doing it, it's going to benefit. In that situation, I would probably say give it a try because you haven't ate the night before. You're essentially going in a fasting state. So it could be beneficial to put some amino acids to have some protein in there. And, and I mean amino acids in terms of the actual protein. So we'll get into the second part of the question in a second. But I would probably say throw the protein shake in there, give it a try, see how you feel. Um, but if you feel better doing one or the other, go with that. If, if, um, if I was to push you to one, I would say throw the shake in, see what happens. If you feel good, let's do that. And we then space the meals out further apart the rest of the day so that you're still getting a, a kind of even feeding of protein every three to four hours. Make sense? Perfect. No problem. Now, BCAAs, are they worth it? Yes or no? Honestly, not applicable to what we are trying to achieve. Really not. Um, they are overkill. If you're consuming 
enough protein, which you will be on the, the macronutrients that we have set. So anything above like 0 0.7 to 1 gram per pound is going to be more than sufficient protein um, to actually get the benefits of what we're looking for. Then BCAs essentially are another void. Um, what, ha what essentially happens is BCAAs are, are very good when maybe you're doing some fasting or where you're going for longer periods without eating and you want to have something on the go, you want to help preserve muscle mass. For example, if you're really lean and you're doing some fasting and you want to get low calorie um, amino acids in, BCAAs are a great way to get them in because it's essentially just protein. Like, there's nothing else in them. That's all it is now in its simplest form. But when you have an abundance of protein throughout the day, you're essentially, they're essentially null and void. They, they've, done a, they've done a research study where they actually IV'd amino acids into the subjects. And what they've seen is, the goal with, with amino acids things like that is to, or, or any, consuming any protein, is to spike protein, muscle protein synthesis. This is the recovery process, the building, the repair of tissue. So that gets spiked, that can be spiked, sorry, every three to four hours with around 20 to 40 grams of protein. So even if you consume BCAs more frequently, let's say between meals, you still you still have to wait on that, um, that, that curve coming down before it can rise up again. So those BCAs in the middle, were essentially just additional calories that really you could have got from a couple of crackers or something like, um, which would probably be a lot cheaper than BCAs. Um, so they have a use in certain scenarios, goal dependent, person dependent, fasting when you're really lean, trying to hold on to as much muscle tissue as possible. I can see some benefit, but outside of that, I don't see too much, especially if you're consuming an ample amount of protein space evenly throughout the day. No problem at all. No problem at all. Good question. No, good question. I like it. Um, Stuart, nothing. Oh, since the gym's closed, moving to home workouts. Has dropped body has dropped, which I found quite strange because I am working out less and did a lot lower intensity, as well as my step count being less. What it was what it was, I used to walk to my gym. Do you have any ideas? Anything you can be concerned about? I am still eating the same amount of calories. So David's essentially saying that he has dropped his body weight um, while working out from home, um, working out less and at a lower intensity, and it's actually doing more, uh, doing less steps as well. Um, it could just be fluctuations. Like again, when you are training, when you are you're exercising. What you tend to see is you get pumped up, the muscles are full of glycogen, you're consuming more calories, probably you're driving, you, by, by storing more carbohydrates in the muscle cells in the form of glycogen, you store more water, so you're more pumped up, there's more cell volume, there's, more, there's essentially more overall body weight in that sense, so it could be that that's just dropped slightly, again, it could just be a slight fluctuation, could be that something happened and you just lost some weight. Um, the body works in very strange ways sometimes. Um, if it was always linear one way or the other, and there was an exact equation for all of this, um, you would just be paying somebody with a, with a computer to, to do all your training and program. <laughs> but that's not been figured out yet. So you will see fluctuations. You will see 
certain things that almost seem unexplainable from time to time. Um, but it could be a factor that you're maybe just a little less dehydrated, a little less pumped up, a little less glycogen in your muscle cells because you're not training with with this higher resistance. So it's absolutely nothing to be concerned about. Um, Again, you'll probably see some changes when you go back into the gym. When you make changes to any sort of training routine, whether that be going back to training or stepping away from training, you will see some form of adaptions from what your body's been used to. Um, does that answer your question, David? Yeah, absolutely not, mate. No, nothing at all, mate. Nothing at all. Do, 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 do. Let me see, let me see. Questions, questions, questions. Does anyone else who's on the call have any questions for me? Coming to an end here, coming to a close. Coming to a close. Going once, going twice. I did not, Dean. Let's see. Oh, oh got it, mate, got it. Yep, got it. Um, second to meal plan 100% every week. Would it be worthwhile adding extra bag of veg in a couple of times per day? Would there be a benefit? Certainly no harm done by it. Um, no one ever failed to lose fat by adding in a bag of veg. Um, and no one ever failed to get healthier by adding in some extra micronutrients. So by all means, I encourage it. Um, I never track vegetables and never will. <laughs> so if you want to go mental on the veg, by all means, throw it in. I highly encourage getting the servings up to 10 to 15 per day if you can. Something that is something that I personally do and have done for a very long time. I will try and have at least one to two servings of fruit and veg with every single meal in some fashion. Um, so in all honesty, the more you can get in, the better in my eyes. As long as you're not getting bloated or seeing any sort of digestive issues, then it's absolutely not going to do you any harm. More micronutrients, a little more fiber, um, keep you satiated. Absolutely no negative, uh, no negative kind of side effects from either Dean. Not a problem, mate. Not a problem. Anything else, team? All good. Everyone happy? Chuffy bits. Good. That's what we like to hear. Well, we've got a few weeks left of the, the year, team, to, to close things out. Um, the intention is to finish strong, of course. Um, with all the boozers and things shut. Um, but of course, be at the end of the year. <laughs> that, that'll be the that'll be the exception. <laughs> um, but a uh, few weeks to go to the end of the year. Let's finish strong. Do what we can. Hopefully, gyms open next week in the the Glasgow areas as well, which will be a nice little boost um, as things kind of ramp up. So, looking forward to that. Um, but hopefully, you all enjoyed tonight's um, call. For anyone who's listening on the podcast, if you haven't booked in your strategy session, make sure and do that below. Completely free. I'll help you game plan in the next six months. And there's a couple of meal plans and things like that also in the description as well. If anyone would like to pay the bills and leave a review or share it on in their stories, tag me in social media. That would be highly, highly appreciated if you took some value from it. Um, if not, well, get it up you. <laughs> but hopefully you've all enjoyed the call. Um, thank you all for your time this evening. Questions, the lot, topics. Hopefully you've all had a good week and check in today as always for clients. So if you need anything from us, please let us know and we'll speak to you all later on. See you later, boys. You've been listening to Fitness for 9 to Fivers with Andrew Marsham. You're a grown-ass human being. You have a job, maybe two. 
kids, errands, bills, a wife, friends. And while the excuse list gets bigger, so does your waste. That's where Andrew comes in. Until next time, find Andrew on Facebook at andrew.marsham.737 and on Instagram at andrewmarsham underscore fitness. To reach out to Andrew, send an email at amfit1993 at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.